Here we go. Okay. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to everyone who's coming online. Uh, we'll get the session started in just a couple of minutes' time. Thank you. Well, um, welcome everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you happen to be in the world. Um, my name is Rachel White and on behalf of the whole Cool Logistics team, it's a really great pleasure to welcome you to the first ever Cool Logistics virtual. The theme for this event that was developed by my uh, esteemed a former colleague and still good friend, Alex von Stempel, who's also joining us uh, during this event, was uh, Imagine, Transform and Rebuild. That theme was chosen some many months ago, just as the COVID-19 pandemic hit us. It's certainly more relevant than ever before. So my job, as usual, would usually be doing this in the live world, standing up in front of uh, you all, um, is to say a few words of welcome and thanks, a little bit about what you can expect days, and a few how-to's uh, points for get the most out of this first ever Cool Logistics virtual event. So uh, first of all, um, imagine, transform, rebuild. I was thinking, you know, that doesn't just apply to all of you out there in the cold chain world. Um, it also applies to us here at Cool Logistics and building out a virtual event has certainly been an experience. We won't guarantee everything will go perfectly, but I have to thank the team for a huge amount of effort and there's lots of help on board for you the next few days. So our next thank yous have to go to our sponsors because um, obviously when we started this journey, we were hoping to all be meeting live uh, in Rotterdam at the port of Rotterdam. And we really thank all the sponsors who'd already signed up for coming with us on this virtual journey as well. Port of Rotterdam as our virtual host, and we're looking to be back there next year. Thank you very much for supporting us. Agro Merchants Group, Asia Fruit Logistica, 
digital air shipping um, whose support has been truly immense. Emerson, Identec, Kuna Nagel, Traxons, APM Terminals, Globe Trackers, Klinger, Orbcom, Port of Barcelona, C-Cube, DLG, Clusterbur, Seco Global, Valencia Port, Ports of Genoa. You can find details of all of them on your app, which I'll talk about in a minute, as I think one of the most important things that uh, you need to key in on for the next few days. But I hope you can see, aside from thanking the sponsors most sincerely um, for their support, is that who we have joining us as sponsors, exhibitors, and in the audience is a real mix of talent uh, from different segments of the cold chain industry. We have equipment, we have infrastructure, we have services, we have shipping, we have logistics. And that's who we've got in the room over the next three days as well, um, representing all facets of the cold chain, including most importantly, a large percentage of shippers. We have 330 registrants from six continents and 33 countries joining us. We have a lot of shippers on board who are looking to hear from the perishable logistics and shipping segment on what can they expect in the new world, the COVID world. Let me now give you a few words just about um, how to get the most out of this event. As I said, the event platform here uh, will be where you see presentations and join sessions. You should see a bar down the left-hand side of your screen, which gives you access to the agenda, network, to ask questions. Obviously, in the virtual world, the questions function is so important for us to hear from you about what you want to find out about. So if you take a few minutes, if you haven't yet, please do download the mobile app. The mobile app is absolutely packed with information for you from the agenda and the speech, all important network. This is where you can see exactly who else has registered. You can message them, you can make contact with them. We'll also be holding some polls during the event and we'll have a lot of social media activity going on. We really encourage any of you who would like to share with the outside world, which we'll be doing, to tweet or post in or whatever your favorite social media platforms are. Um, we are at Cool Logistics and we'll be doing lots and lots of social media to communicate what's going on and what's being said the next few days. On a very practical note, we recognize, um, which we've had to learn as well, that this is kind of a new virtual ecosystem we're working in. And you may find perhaps a little confusing to find your way around or you may encounter some technical difficulties. Um, in the app, you'll see there's a how to at the bottom of the middle, which has got a whole series of videos for you to help you get around the system, and there's a gone line permanent as well. If you need any support, of course, we recognize that with all the time zones, not everybody is going to be online at the same time. So, just to let you know, all the sessions are being recorded and will all be available for playback uh, very shortly after they have been um, held live. So if you have colleagues <coughs> who want uh, coming online later from maybe Latin America or other regions, they'll be able to go in and view the sessions um, today, every day. Also, what we're here to do is bring together 
a wide range of speakers covering different topics so next few days in our sessions both with presentations and debate panels but equally you know we want to facilitate the network we recognize that's not so easy in the virtual world as in the live world but in between our sessions we have a number of breaks which we'd ask you to join come in meet helen who many of you will know as a uh, uber concierge and customer service manager have a chat connect with other delegates who's in the network and make sure you get the most from uh, the community that's gathered here just to let you know as well um, there is a lot of conference um, virtual conference material for you not a usual conference bag so as you go through and you go and visit the exhibitors and sponsors virtually which we really encourage you to do all activation to catch up with them and little buttons you'll see everywhere for add to conference bag what that will do is put material directly into your own personal wallet that you'll be able to take away with you I'd also like to thank our media partners and industry partners for supporting us. Uh, we have quite a few members of the media um, available who will be listening in and reporting on the event afterwards, as indeed will we. And please, when you are loading up on your, the mobile app, take a few minutes to update your own personal profile. With so many people online the next few days, Please let them know who you are, what you're interested in, and who you'd like to meet. It only takes a couple of minutes. It's very straightforward. I'm sure we've all done it loads of times on different social media platforms. So I'll be back, as will other team members, just to get updates um, to the event to help you navigate and steer your way through. But please, again, join us in asking questions, making your voice heard, because aside from the uh, experts we have with us in the room uh, you're all experts as well um, and what we need is that dialogue between all the different parts of the chain so very briefly before I turn over and let our first uh, Hold chain around supply chain flows. World the food chains and also immerse chain see now we are looking at the challenge coming up of a global vaccine distribution so COVID-19 changing both supply and demand dynamics simultaneously what means what does that mean for the different parties what do they need to be thinking about for the coming few years that's what we're hoping to get down to over the next few days not least is on digitization because if else has been said in the wake of covid19 it's been that maritime 
chains need to oxygen to help supply chains become more resilient and flexible. So what does that mean in reality? What's actually happening today? What are the challenges, not just as the technology, but the culture to put things into some of the issues we will hopefully be getting into? And they're not new issues. We have been talking about them for quite a few years now at Cool Logistics. So what have we got today? We are starting this morning with people because whatever the technology coming on board, people are at the heart of the achievement of the cold chain, which is a remarkable achievement and has been through the whole COVID period, getting food and medicines around the world, making sure stuff gets delivered. We're then moving on and we're really glad to have a special presentation today from uh, Kuna Nagel looking at, well, how is the industry preparing for a global vaccine challenge? As one of our questions already pointed out, is this too early? Because we don't even have a global vaccine yet. But I'm really looking forward to the session and imagining the amount of coordination and planning that's going to be required to get those vaccines out to where they're needed. Then we're moving on to a session that's quite familiar for those of you who've attended before. We've been doing it for a number of years now. It's our annual debate on adoption of IoT remote reef monitoring technology for smart containers. Where are we with that journey now? And what's the trajectory going forward for adoption? We also have um, a really good, um, and we're so pleased, uh, last minute sponsored and organized by Port of Rotterdam, a session on agro food chains. Um, we are gonna be looking but more generally at what is the trajectory for agro food chains what can we learn from that so please join that I'm really excited and then last but not least for today this evening we have our second innovation in perishable logistics awards we had some fantastic entries this year so we hope you will all join us to um, see who applied what types of technologies were being put forward for innovations who won so thank you very much so that's all for me for now um, as I will be back um, throughout the event as new people come on board please remember to uh, download that mobile app get your profile set up we hope you all very much enjoy these next few days we're excited to host you virtually even if we don't think it's quite the same as live and in person um, but yes we hope this is um, a useful few days and an enjoyable few days for you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce and turn over to um, my colleague and friend and someone who has, thank you very much, supported us here at Cool Logistics for many years now, Steve Cameron, who's going to start off this first session focused on people, skills, and talent for the coming challenges. Steve, the floor is yours. Rachel, thank you very much for your um, introduction. And uh, I see that uh, we're formally scheduled to start at uh, 9.30, and we're, so we are a little bit early. I'm assuming that you're okay for us to, uh, to just um, carry on. So welcome to Cool Logistics, everybody. 
Um, it's great that you're all with us. Uh, I certainly wish I could see you all. Um, and uh, I, I'm sure, though, that with the technology, we'll still be able to interact and, um, uh, and really go away with uh, uh, making some new friends and having learned a lot. Uh, now, the discussion about people and people skills is something that I've had with Rachel in the margins of Cool Logistics uh, a few times now, and I'm delighted with the program that uh, Cool Logistics has put together um, and really enthused by the speakers that uh, are lined up for us all today. Um, I don't want to tell you when it was, but I started my career as a trainee cargo and navigating officer in the Cool Logistics supply chain on conventional reefer ships. Um, the industry was less segmented by specialisms as it is today, and I was surrounded by people with many years of significant experience that had all worked in the same company and culture. So I quickly learned to share the same values, and I learned from the experience that was all around me, whether it was the bosun with some of his salty comments or the captain on the bridge as we were coming into port. Um, Today, our industry is far more segmented, and despite the technology, we still appear to be working in silos. Um, how often have you had to deal with clients or stakeholders who clearly do not understand the business, but whose decisions affect your bottom line profitability? With less career certainty, how do people learn and how do they get trained? Uh, do businesses take it for granted that they already have the skills and leadership that they need to succeed? So how often do people learn or get trained when they join a new organization? Or is it just assumed that they, you've recruited them against a, a skill set and that they've got what you need? How often do you do a skills and knowledge gap analysis as part of your HR future proofing process? And what are the skills our industry needs? Well, let me suggest five and you'll hear more uh, as the day goes on. Certainly we need information technology and automation knowledge. But it's about people using technology as a tool and how to get the best from it, not learning to serve the system. Clearly, uh, uh, people need a grasp of economics and market dynamics. And we've seen rapid shifts in customer and consumer buying behavior as a consequence of COVID. We need to understand cost to serve, how your decisions affect the bottom line. Do you have a yield management system in place? We also need flexibility and innovation and project management skills and the ability to get the best from people and the know-how to negotiate uh, and accepting that compromise is not a sign of weakness. I, I have to say I'm relearning how to negotiate from my three-year-old grandson who's got some really killer lines such as, uh, please can I have one more chance and I'm, I'm learning from him all the time. But we also need to have the ability to self-appraise our skills honestly and recognise that we all still need to learn. So it's about communicating change and collaboration and that leadership tends only to be 30% gen genetic and the rest of it are skills that can be learned, practiced and improved upon. And whilst the more obvious charismatic leaders with the loud and bold personalities are the first to get noticed, it, the fact is that even the quiet kid at the back of the room who hardly speaks a word can still be a leader. Now, we're going to hear more about that from our speakers. Um, I don't quite know how I managed uh, when we were face to face. I've got so much information on my screen. I'm having trouble trying to keep track of it all. 
But in order of play today, uh, Radu's going to give us his views on uh, what are at the top of the emerging priorities for supply chain executive talent. Uh, Mark is going to follow, uh, talking about the challenges and opportunities of building and delivering a global reefer logistics training and learning program. And to wrap up our session, Alan is going to give us remarks on people skills and development for the new era, perhaps touching as he's done before on the intersection of technology and us Mark One humans, as he was calling us earlier this morning. So without further ado, I'm delighted to welcome Radu with his um, experience from the recruitment industry all the way from Singapore. And we're looking forward to your presentation, Radu. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. And thank you, Rachel, for having me. And it's, uh, it's a pleasure to, to be with you today. And, um, and to share uh, thoughts and I'm, I'm really looking forward for an engaging discussion and conversation and I want uh, to encourage everybody to you know stand prepared with your questions uh, so that we make it as uh, two-way as possible. Um, so my name is Radu Palamari, I'm the Managing Director of Elkut Global. Uh, just as a brief uh, angle introduction, Elkut Global is a specialist in executive search and recruitment, usually we tend to deal with senior positions across supply chain, right? So it's not only cool logistics or logistics, it's logistics, it's manufacturers, it's platforms that, and technology for supply chain. So it's fairly broad. Um, and today I wanted to share a few observations, let's say on, on more or less three things. One, what do, from a CEO perspective and from an executive perspective, what kind of changes and what kind of shifts are happening in the work uh, in general and in talent in general? in companies due to COVID-19. Number two, I want to talk a little bit about what kind of skills uh, are most in demand if you're a CEO of a logistics company or a chief supply chain officer, what are they looking for? And obviously that applies also to cool logistics. It's kind of transferable in, in many ways and there's hard skills and soft skills. So we'll be touching a little bit on both. And then in the end, I'll just try to also bring down a few conclusions for cool logistics in particular. So, um, so that's my agenda. So first and foremost, let me start with point number one. I, I think what we are seeing from an executive search and consulting perspective and from a CEO perspective, there's some big changes that COVID-19 has brought about. Number one, well, uh, you must have seen this, right? You've seen uh, this on LinkedIn or wherever it was, who is the most responsible for the digital acceleration in your company? And you have option A, CEO, option B, CTO, option C, COVID-19. So COVID-19 has definitely accelerated the digital transformation of all these companies. I mean, all of us or a lot of us have been in lockdown, have worked from home. A lot of um, uh, companies have adopted uh, or have been overnight forced to implement that style of working. And, and on top of that, of course, that forces you to um, exponentially digitalize your processes and digitalize the way you work in general. Um, so top of the mind of CEOs right now, and it's not new, but it's, it's just accelerated. And there was a study that I was looking at done by PwC. Number one on their minds is how can I accelerate and do even and, and, and get my business to be more digital, whether it's logistics, whether it's supply chain, whether it's transportation, shipping, it's happening all across maritime. Um, and number two, that these are, these are some uh, HR related or talent related. CEOs are grasping with the idea or graping with the idea, how will work look like? Are we going to have a mix of, you know, half-half where half is from home, half is from the office? Um, there seems to be a level of um, agreement that, that probably we're not going back full-time uh, to the office. 
Um, I've had one of the CEOs that we're working with, uh, he already downsized his office by half. So he said, okay, we're going to do hot desking and, and you know, even after COVID-19, that will happen. And, um, and I, I see that as a big shift and potentially that will shift even in the way that uh, if you think at the macro level, right, where do you live? The office spaces in the center of the cities may or may not be as, as uh, desirable. Obviously, as logistics professionals, you know, you, you have stuff that sit in the ports or sit in the airports. Um, that probably is going to stay like that, especially on the operations level. But on the back, on the office level, that will likely shift in terms of those dynamics. Also, CEOs are thinking quite hardly in terms of you know, can we outsource or put the workforce from a place where potentially it's a higher cost to a place where it's not as high cost. So I think that's another topic and that's another. Uh, trend where companies are looking where can we place the talent and is getting much and much more of a global competition um, for you know do you need to put them into a high I mean I'm sitting in Singapore right Singapore is not that cheap so so to speak there's other countries where you can some of the resources you can place them in those countries right so that's another trend and I think there's a lot of discussions on automation and and if you're familiar with robotic process automation that's a pretty hot topic on on a lot of the executive uh, agenda whether it's uh, you know whether it's in in logistics or supply chain or finance or different types of processes so I think these are two big you know two big topics on the minds of the CEOs and then I wanted to bring the attention towards the human resources component that McKinsey in recent articles when they um, they did it for chief supply chain officers. It wasn't chief executives from logistics, but I think it applies. Uh, never, nevertheless, it applies the same. So for chief supply chain officers, they asked them about their current biggest priorities and challenges. And 90% said uh, one of the biggest priorities, as well as a current challenge, is that they don't have enough digital supply chain talent in-house and they're planning to do something about it. There were two things that they can actually do. 70% were thinking of upskilling the existing staff and 55% were thinking, how can I bring people from outside the organization? So definitely, I think uh, a hot topic on the talent agenda is how can we get that digital type of skills in, in our staff, uh, whether it's through upgrading, which is not necessarily easy to do, or through people from outside, which also is not easy to do. I'm looking forward to exploring some more on these two topics later on. Now, if I'm to, to, to move to the next point, which is on the skills that we see as executives, such as headhunters, that people and executives ask for, whether it's it's a senior level or mid-level, it, it obviously uh, it's, it varies a little bit. So hard skills are, are usually more at, at mid-level or specialist level, right? So those hard skills, I'll start, I'll start with that, those ones first and foremost. Uh, Steve, you spoke about um, you spoke about technology. You spoke about data. So we find data analytics and making sense of data and the ability to whether it is to look at uh, you, uh, you know if you want to call it in a fancy way data science or I mean it doesn't have to be that fancy but basically take uh, data and analyze and make sense of it and then derive some conclusions that can be beneficial to the business and obviously improve the bottom line or save costs or whatever it may be. That is one hard skill that is uh, again and again in demand and is going to just get more and more in demand as we go through because artificial intelligence, machine learning, all this good stuff that are uh, on the lips of everybody are pretty much dependent on that. So uh, data analytics is number one hard skill that we're seeing a, a high amount of demand on. Then um, we are seeing the skills associated with industry 4.0 
Now, in specifically in uh, in logistics, uh, IoTs, and especially in cool logistics, I think, uh, and and cold chain logistics, IoT is a big, big topic, and uh, we are at the brink of the most uh, challenging, uh, challenging uh, distribution uh, uh, in the history of our well, our lives probably, which is going to be the cold chain, the uh, the cold chain logistics for preparing for the vaccine of COVID-19. Um, so IoT is a big, big topic because you need to ensure that the temperature is right. You need to make sure that the uh, the technology is right and that the data is right. But there's a lot of other things related to uh, whether it is automation, whether it is um, uh, different other uh, angles of Industry 4.0, where a lot of um, a lot of companies are looking for that type of talent. Uh, digital twins uh, to come in and and apply those technologies inside. And then the third uh, the third element where I would categorize it as a hard skill, though it's kind of borderline. Companies want end to end experience, so they uh, there's a disconnect, and we've had uh, maybe about online uh, offline we had this discussion, right? There's a bit of a disconnect between. People want technology, but sometimes you get the technology, but the people that are very good at technology, they don't understand the operational reality. They don't understand how the, thing, the box actually moves in the port, from port A to port B. They don't necessarily understand how the actual on-the-ground reality is. And even if your AI is super smart, I think we, we discussed, uh, you might not know to make that exception because in reality it doesn't it doesn't work so that end-to-end -end experience whether it's a it's a kind of a marriage and it's very hard to get actually in between you know whether it's you know from customer service to operations to project management to sales and then with with technology that is hard to get uh, people that have had a fairly holistic experience are hard to get and that's on the list of a lot of companies for trying to attract that type of talent or develop that type of talent now Soft skills. Um, I do believe strongly that actually soft skills are more important than hard skills, especially when you look at leadership roles. We recently had a had a, a different conference, and there was a question that we asked all thirteen panels, and that question was, "What kind of skills do you think your logistics talent or your supply chain talent needs to have as a, in a leadership position?" And there was one that came about again and again and again on all thirteen panels, and that skill set was the ability to storytell the ability to communicate, if you want to put it simpler, right? It's a, a lot of times in the industry, what I find is that people are, and we have some incredible talent, but when you go and present to the CEO or the board or the client sometimes, right? Uh, there's a disconnect, uh, you, you can get lost in jargon or in technical terms and you lose the, you lose the audience. I mean, they, they, they don't care. I mean, they don't care about truck utilization or about vessel utilization or about, they care about, you know, can you help me save costs? Can you help me do more business? Can you help me, you know, increase my efficiency? Whatever it may be. So that ability to properly communicate, whether it is inside your company to get buy-in from the C-level or from the board or from your management, whether it is outside the organization, uh, that is an incredibly important skill, soft skill, whether it's you're in leadership position or mid-level or whatever. So that's, that's one point that I want to highlight. And then, of course, you have, you know, influencing skills, you have teamwork, you have, you know, leadership, uh, you know, depending on the definition of leadership. And I think change management, given the speed with which things are changing and evolving, and look what happened to COVID-19. I don't think anybody predicted this, right? So all of us needed to adapt, right? So that skill of being able to fastly adapt, as well as, um, lead a team through change and lead a team through this change um, uh, projects, that's another soft skill that is extremely, extremely valuable and, and every leader, I think, should, uh, should have it. So these are some of the observations on the, on the soft skills that we see again and again. 
Um, in um, in uh, kind of uh, conclusion, because I don't want to uh, speak for too long, I'd love to you know to encourage some uh, some questions and later on some panel discussion. I think it's an exciting time. I think specifically for pool logistics, for cold chain logistics. I mean, we are now bombarded with companies um, uh, with different companies within logistics or within uh, healthcare that are looking for experts because they are already thinking how are we going to make this COVID-19 vaccine work. Uh, it's a super exciting time. I think that it's probably the time where cold chain logistics will be at the forefront of everybody's attention. And, and well, it's, it's, a, it's pretty much a, a problem for the whole world that, that, you know, that the industry is fixing, right, with, the, with this vaccine. So I think it's exciting. And at the same time, it's not going to be easy, right? If you think, I mean, I was talking to, to an expert and he was saying that in Africa, there's only three airports that have... Um, chilling rooms uh, or, or, or refrigeration, uh, properly, uh, refri proper refrigeration for the vaccine. There's so many places in this world where, okay, you get the vaccine, but how are you going to deliver it? And how are you going to get to the hospitals? And how are you going to make sure the temperature is right? There's uh, challenges around, there's 34 billion right now, as we speak in cold chain, wastage because of temperature variations, right? So all these things are problems that the industry needs to solve and needs to solve very fast. And it's also a time when the industry needs to come together with the different players, right, and actually collaborate because nobody can pull this off by in and by themselves. So I think it's exciting and, and it will push all of us, um, you know, to, to new limits and to learn new things. Um, yeah, and I'm looking forward to, to speak more with the other participants on this panel and looking forward to your questions as well. Radu, thank you very much indeed for a great opening presentation and, and re really set the scene with some with a good uh, overview. Um, because we're um, running slightly ahead of time, we do have time for uh, one or two questions. Um, and I can see uh, that uh, Rachel's asked a question about how we married new tech skills with hard-won operational uh, experience. Um, and your point that you get people that are good at technology but don't understand the operation on the ground. I mean, I don't think that's anything that's particularly new. Um, and you know, we, we in the previous life running a shipping line to West Africa, um, you know, we had a, a lot of people in the office that um, didn't understand how ships work. So as part of our induction and ongoing training programs, we made sure that everybody visited ships and did ship rotations and spent time in Africa so we, so that they could add, add some value. But is, is, is it as simple as that or does it need a more structured approach? Um, I think it is as simple as that. <laughs> but, but, I mean, but at the same time, you know, it's a, I asked a question in, uh, in LinkedIn recently, what's the most needed skill? And, and one of the answers was common sense. <laughs> and you know common sense is not that common and and i i mean i don't want to also oversimplify but yes a lot of things can be done if you actually get people one uh, talking to each other it, it's you know we, we were talking it's a uh, to have somebody that has both the technical skills as well as the operational skills is almost like looking for a five-legged sheep um, and and marie from twill gave me that analogy and, and she's right. I mean, it's not, it's not easy to find people that have spent 20 years in the industry, right? And they are very operationally savvy. They know the ins and outs, everything that happens in the port, discharge, uh, warehouses, you know, transport, you name it. And at the same time, understand 
IoT and RPA and artificial intelligence and whatnot. It's very unlikely you're going to find that. So um, the idea is how do you marry the both, right? How do you maybe group these people, somebody that is maybe younger and has the technical background with somebody that is very operationally sound, take them around, walk them around, make sure that the technology person understands the business, right? That doesn't happen. It's not super complex, but somehow people are not doing it enough and companies are not doing it enough. And I see that as, as uh, you know, it is not complicated, but if you don't do it, of course, there's a disconnect. And uh, even it can be as simple as when you enter an organization, right? Uh, some organizations, let's say the more, uh, the bigger one tend to have this management trainships, right? I was talking about end-to-end, -end, right? Where you get rotated through different departments. So you make sure you understand the business. Even that is not done enough, right? So I, I, I fail to understand why, why more companies should, you know, you don't need to do two months or three months. It's enough to do two weeks. So, you know, you rotate them, you make sure that they've seen five, six departments. At least they get a holistic understanding of the business. And then they can work together way better than, you know, the technology guy says one thing, then the operational guy says, this is total crap. You don't understand how it actually works, you and your technology. And then they're just fighting, right? So in some ways, it's simple. In another way, from a, actually making it work at scale in organization is much more complex than that. But, you know, you got to do it because otherwise it doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, no, great. great. Thank, thank you for that answer. So, no. Companies are in danger of actually building their own internal silos unless they go ahead and go through this process. And the the, the takeaway the takeaway from Radio is that common sense is the latest oxymoron by the sound of things. Um, so, uh, without um, thank you, Radio, great uh, presentation and and um, and a good answer too. Uh, so now let's move on to Mark. Now Mark is uh, has been a long-standing supporter of. Um, Cool Logistics uh, uh, and uh, has got many decades of industry experience. Uh, so it's it's great to um, have you with us today, Mark. And um, uh, Mark's going to be speaking about the challenges and opportunities of building and delivering a global reefer logistics training and learning program. Um, and um, these are the sort of technical the technical skills that 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 um, that are so important. Um, and um, after your presentation, we, we can talk about the sort of skills gaps that you're that you're seeing, or please include it in your presentation if you wish. So, without further ado, let me hand over to Mark. I think Mark is still muted at the moment. Mark, you need to un. Oh, I think you're okay now. So please, please try again. No, I tried. Uh, it should be working now. Um, please confirm. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I couldn't unmute myself. So that was a bit of a scary thing. Um, and um, Holly, I don't have control of uh, the presentation yet, which I can't really see yet on uh, on my screen. If you could uh, put me up on that one. Ladies.
I'm here, Mark. I'm just sorting it out. Just give me one second, please. Okay, okay, okay. I'm glad it's not me. <clears throat> Mark, I'm sorry. Can you give me a sign and I will move the slides on for you? Okay. Okay, no problem. Um, you should be seeing a little girl helped by her father uh, on a bit of sports. Is is that correct? Yes. Okay. So, um, inspire, empower, deliver. Uh, recently, we had a bit of a uh, new rebranding exercise, a little bit um, logo changed a little bit and things like that. And they came up with this tagline, inspire, empower, and deliver. Uh, to be honest, normally I'm not into such kind of things, but this one I seem to kind of like. So um, I'm using it for my presentation. How does education, training, and, and tutoring, how does it fit in um, in Kunanaro. Now, can you change the slide to the next one on KN Learning? Yeah. So. so, what you see is learning at KN. Now, it starts with onboarding courses, uh, what the company stands for, its history, its key businesses, and so on. Now, within Kunanago, we have this platform called KN Learning, which contains more than a thousand courses. It is mainly digitized. It's under the form of online e-learning, uh, webinars, videos, e-books, but of course, also live seminars. And what is it all about? Now, it is on-the-job training. It's about systems. How do we work individually and as a team? Uh, skills and tricks to operate the platforms very much steered towards uh, improvement of quality and performance. There are also courses for individual self-education, uh, learning a new language, communication skills, sales excellence, uh, presentation techniques, uh, leadership qualities, and so on. And then another big bang is any business unit related things. Sea freight, air freight, warehousing, HR, finance, it all has its uh, specific skills and, and, of course, also specific education. It is very important to us. Uh, we have this, this thing. Uh, it is our goal to become a good company to do business with, but also to be a good company to work for. And, and, and as a company, you need to invest in people give them opportunities to actually expand themselves i change the slide please okay um, so how does this fit within c logistics rifa the uh, the team I'm, I'm belonging to now let me first of all give you a bit of insight as to how this came to be yeah uh, my team members were of course already carrying out some trainings uh, in the past but it was neither of the size and the details that it is today. It was also, it was not a specific function. I had Hannes on, on the pharma and then Benjamin a bit on the technical side and so on. But 
Yeah, fueled by double-digit growth over the past years in, in Reefer, more diversification in, 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 in commodities uh, that Ken was carrying, um, pharma, GXP requirements, demands from customers, led to a corporate decision to develop uh, training uh, on, on Reefer and, and pharma chain. Now, let me tell you my story, uh, probably most uh, of, of, because I've been with School Logistics for a donkey's years, so, so probably you know the background a bit. But anyway, I've been working in, in uh, the maritime business for more than 30 years now. Equipment, maintenance and repair, logistics at, at CMBT, uh, Compagnie Maritime Belge, uh, trade management at, at Safmarine, various trade lines. Uh, at some point, started specializing in, in a reefer business. Uh, later on, becoming the head of reefer for Safmarine. By the way, it's a shame that that brand disappears, but okay, that's another discussion. Uh, now, in my position, next to my commercial role, uh, I was also asked to um, to set up a training program, which then that one I carried along when I was moving from South Marine HQ to uh, in Antwerp to Maersk Center Reefer in, in Copenhagen. Uh, later on, I spent some more time, more again commercial with a local forwarder and, and CMA, CGM. Uh, but I said that's that's pure commercial. So about three years ago, Kunenagel uh, HQ needed somebody with, let's say, my skills uh, in terms of, of tutoring and education. Uh, and for good order, I need to say that yeah, most of, of the players that, that are in, in the team I knew from before. Uh, cool logistics, but also as, as I was their key account holder at, at South Marine. And to be honest, I was lucky to, uh, I could lean or learn from many people. Uh, the South Marine experts in, in, in Cape Town, at Samtra with the famous Amos Robbie. Samtra is the South African Marine Training Academy, University of Davis in California, uh, but also colleagues like uh, Captain Peter from, from Maersk, uh, Andy Connell, just, you know, just to name a few. <coughs> and, uh, I'm also quite happy that I can and still uh, I could and can um, rely on a large network of experienced and knowledgeable people who, who help me out uh, now and again when when i don't really have the answer anymore and i'm pretty sure uh, a few of them are online today so thank you for that okay uh next slide please so i put together this uh reefer pack which yeah was not is for the time being a live seminar it's it's a full day thing including a depot and a port visit it's about the the, the reefer market how a river functions, the different container types, how to load, what to do, what not to do, specifics on different commodities. It's about chocolate and dairy, more and more about fruit and veg, and then of course a sector where we really focus upon, that's pharma and healthcare. Uh, we call that can pharma chain, but that's, that's on the side. So it's actually a specific training, pharma is a specific training. So, Mostly, I adapt my course to the audience and, and, and the commodity they, they kind of focus on. So as such, uh, since two years, my, my seminar rolled out, 2018, 2020, about more than 700 people in 30 countries and over 50 live sessions. 
who's the audience well in first instance it's it's mainly um yeah the people who work in reefer yeah. reefer sales and reefer operations um as it went along other people kind of joined uh, excellence managers uh, key account managers which are then mainly into the pharma business um intermodal staff focusing on trucking of of trucking side of reefer warehousing focusing on what to do what not to do in terms of loading discharging better airflow this way than the other way and so on but sometimes it's also uh, executives uh, top regional uh, chiefs or uh, local country executives who want to know more about their reefer market and the global reefer market how it runs what is happening um and then came 2020 and so did corona so uh, live training session is uh, trust me it is still the best way to give education according to me but that's off limits at least till the end of the year but we got new people coming in uh, we got uh, stations for instance like uh, Tianjin, Taipei, Ho Chi Minh, Hong Kong which are in need of uh, putting their training together in order to get their internal pharma license so I had to rewrite the course uh, to fit into two zoom sessions yeah, because we are using mainly zoom uh, which are currently running out I guess by the end of the year, I will have been reaching out to another 300 people. Education over the web, yeah, one can reach people rather easily. Uh, less travel, uh, but it does give you less rapport, uh, less connection with the participants. It's, it's difficult to assess if, if the message, the learning came across. Uh, especially in Asia, it, it hampers people a little bit in their in their Q and A. Uh, in order to to compensate this, I tend to keep the groups rather small, twenty to twenty five people, no more than than that. But also, Corona gave me a bit of an uh, an advantage. Um, I had uh, have had uh, a large number of education packs in my mind on my on my desk on specific fruits. Uh, bananas, mangoes, avocados, including cold treatment and, and, and controlled atmosphere and things like that. So actually um, containing the things that make them a bit special. So what is the difference between a uh, mango and a banana? Yeah. How are they harvested? What about the ripening? Uh, specific packaging? And of course, yeah, transportation. So actually, these were my first Zoom sessions that I created. 20 in total, which I run off on March and April. Um, more or less 30, 40 people per session. Uh, one in the morning for the east and the center, and then in the afternoon for the guys sitting on the west side of the globe. Um, but it, it does work. So um, on one side, as I said, KN mainly uses Zoom as a communication platform. And just before I, I kind of uh, had this, this presentation on, uh, we got in some statistics. Yeah. Of course, we've been using it for more than a year now, but with Corona, it really triggered and it really kicked off. So the figures are rather dazzling. So our company did 2.5 million meetings. 4.4 million hours were spent on Zoom. 
and 25 million messages were sent. Now that's that's a bit of a bit impressive, is it not? Uh, next slide, please. So my second topic, first it's kind of reefer technical, is again pharma chain and healthcare. It's dry and reefer, but if you talk about pharma, the education is a must. Education is simply obligated by the GXP rulings from the World Health Organization. Um, Cunenago kind of used these, this as a base in order to build our own, uh, what we call Cunenago Pharma standard, which is P805. Why, why this P805? No idea, but anyway, those are the rules and the regulations. And so it also triggers a number of obligatory trainings. So each staff member, um, each pharma station and its employees have to follow it. Pass the tests, be uh, registered. It's about standards, quality, risks, how to do things, how not to do things. And they have to repeat this training every two years. So we've got about 200 operations uh, sites in, in the key and pharma chain as business units spread over 60 countries. And that's sea freight, air freight, warehousing, contract logistics. So, and each and every BU have a specific training program. There's also one person in charge of getting all those trainings together. Besides being audited by our clients, we also audit ourselves. And uh, this is done by 90 full-time employed internal auditors on pharma. 2019, we had 250 external customer audits with yeah, basically zero critical findings. So that this is also where digital development really kicks in. So when really we follow that. As, as we go along uh, in the reefer business, more and more units will enter the fleets, which we call smart containers, with remote access, where you can do things, where you can read things. But until that, we also have an option of putting our own IoT remote data logger inside, link it to KN login system, and then that KN login system provides you an entirely digital platform with graphs, with uh, bookings, uh, documents, reports, statistics, which fit the client's use. Next slide, please. So after a, yeah, a good year on the job, uh, receiving a bunch of questions by uh, clients meanwhile so how to do this uh, what is happening uh, uh, what if I do load this way or that way uh, as such we formed a bit of a plan to to expand it towards clients uh, education it comes from a totally different angle so I had to change the content a bit a bit by bit but to a large extent it's a for pharma companies yeah, they, 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 and I must say, that pharma guys, they do, if there's any nasty question, it is probably pharma related. But for instance, uh, I see on the top Pfizer, uh, GSK, that was in UK, uh, Sandoz Novartis, that was in, uh, in Canada. Now, fruit guys, they generally, they know what they're doing. I mean, it's their, COVID, they know their products. Um, but sometimes what they want to know is, is why is the market the way it is? Why is there a shortage of containers in, in, in Europe for the moment? So for instance, here you can see one of Bellorta. Bellorta is a cooperative 
of the Belgian fruit and veggie producers. So most of our apples and pears from Belgium, they went on a truck to Russia. And of course, neighboring uh, EU countries. And then Mr. Putin and the EU got in a bit of arguments and, and that market simply fell away. So all of a sudden, these producers, they have to look for other markets. So they had to extend overseas. So the refrigerated truck also at, at the moment became a reefer container. So how does that work? What does, is so special about that? But to give it in a nutshell, it is, let's say, uh, the guy organizing, which is often a key account manager, uh, what does this, this audience want? What, did, what, did, what do they want to talk about? And then I will build accordingly. So it's a bit of, it's always a bit custom built. Yeah. Next slide, please. So as a backup, uh, there's also a can reefer manual covering whatever we, we talked about during the seminar. It's, it's an easy drop down thing. You can you say, I want to know about probes. You go to probes, double click, you end up at probes and so on. It's an in-house thing. That is something we do not really want to share. But on the other side, we, we also built uh, I call it the guidelines. Uh, guidelines, a little booklet of, of how to load, lash, pack, and transport different goods. It's different for pharma than it is for food and veg. And frozen is, again, something different, uh, chilled candy, and so on. So also manuals, how to uh, claim, yeah, an internal, external uh, claims manual, how to do things the way they should be done and on cold treatment and, and controlled atmosphere. It's, that's all available online. Uh, last slide, please. So actually, as my last slide, let me turn back to uh, the tagline to explain why reefer education. And Inspire goes towards reefer being a passion. And many people on this call will recognize this. It's a passion. It is a business in a business. It inspires people. It's not a dry container. What's a dry container? Yeah. Shoes and tomorrow is television. Fruit, veg, pharma, different thing. Empower, I would say that stands for, for people. Trying to make people experts in the reefer field. Nobody knows everything. But as you go along, experience is built. Um, and you take also this experience towards your customers. Show expertise, but also share knowledge, build best practices. Deliver, well, yeah, it's all about shipping cargo around the world. Uh, delivering fresh fruits, frozen meat, pharma on the other side of the globe. Preferably in good condition. So the expertise in reefer does prevent claims. Thank you for listening to my story. Mark, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, You're welcome. Uh, and uh, I'm sure that if uh, if we were all face to face, you'd be hearing the applause uh, <laughs> for, your, for your presentation. Thank you. Um, um, uh, I mean, I'm really impressed by just how uh, focused and how, how busy you've been. And um, because we've uh, got plenty of time, uh, I think we can we can take breath and uh, have a brief chat. 
um, and go to some of the questions that we've had. And I'd like to acknowledge questions from John uh, Trenchard and uh, Andrew Cowderoy, as well as uh, as well as um, a series of questions from Rachel. Um, which is not unusual given given the knowledge that she has. So, so Mark, you 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 you've done a, a huge amount of of training, and as a and 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 because of COVID, your technology has probably enabled you to do more training online than you would have normally done face to face. I mean, with thirty to forty people times twenty sessions, that's that's a lot of people that you you've covered. And um, you also talked about the fact that you that you've got some kind of self-auditing. Um, are you in a position yet to actually judge the benefit of your your um, training? Apart from obviously you've had feedback from the everybody that you've trained, but in terms of terms of the effect on the business, it's probably a bit too early to tell. But what sort of what sort of feedback are you getting? Well. Um so it, it's it's all in another system key and learning i've got this this little platform there and then people uh can evaluate so they can evaluate me and and i'm, I'm happy to say the score is is pretty big but that is not what you're asking for is it does it really make a difference uh, having people in the operational uh, room that that know their business they 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 um it, that's difficult to measure is it just because of this that it that this claim did not materialize but i'm convinced it is sometimes you get a question uh if it's in temperature or 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 airflow or something like that and meanwhile for instance i went to see uh the packaging facility at msd and they always had problems with humidity inside the boxes and then we you go over that process and you say this is the triggering point pre-cooling and then you open it up in, in in ambient air so you've got warm air coming in and it condensates on the roof and then it starts dripping on your cardboard and then uh, that was actually was another one with with, with the cookie factory and he said oh my god we everybody does that it, it is part of our sop this is how we do things I said, well, yeah, that's your problem. So all of a sudden they start thinking about maybe we should have another look at our supply chain, how we do things. Well, it's difficult to say, okay, it gives us 10% uh, less claims or 90% less claims, but for sure, uh, wasting produce is, is kind of stupid. Huh? And, and if you do it with pharma, you can actually jeopardize somebody's life because they are in need of the medication. So I'm pretty much convinced it, it, it makes a hell of a difference. It also gives confidence to, to companies that you can kind of show, okay, this is how to do it uh, in order to get the best result. I know it's, it's not, I can't really put a, let's say a percentage to it uh, or a number, but it, it's more the conviction that it, it does make a serious difference. Uh, um, well, you, you certainly come across as being, being uh, uh, having great convictions, and uh, you're described uh, by by somebody who has by Steve Alerts, who's got a question for you, as being a training evangelist. Uh, um, before we come on to his question, uh, uh, Radu talked about companies wanting end-to-end -end experience and getting people that are 
you get people that are good at technology but don't understand the operations on the ground. I mean, you're covering the operations on the ground. Are you reaching uh, those? Uh, are you reaching the other people in organisations that are, are are involved in technology rather than operations? So to help them expand their knowledge uh, across organisations. Sorry, Mark, did you get my question? Sorry, uh, probably I had, had it. I didn't hear uh, for a moment. I didn't hear anything anymore. Okay, maybe you switch to the adverts. Um, so um, uh, Rad, Radu uh, talked about companies wanting end-to-end -end experience and getting people that are both good at technology and understanding the operations on the ground. But you're certainly explaining the operations on the ground but are you reaching people that, that are involved in the technology side of the business oh yes i mean you have to keep on 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 top of things so we talk to iot providers we talk to the leasing companies we talk to machinery manufacturers and okay what what is new uh, also with the shipping lines of course but if i may uh, comment a bit on on mr radu's uh, thing is is I'm not an HR person, so I don't hire people. But I, I can see that, for instance, in Antwerp, where, where I mean, I'm linked to Antwerp because I'm Belgian, of course. Uh, we've got new people coming in. And, and if I see what people they attract, it, it's a mix. You can see it's very young people straight from school. But you also have uh, people with a, a few, few years uh, experience. So they mingle it up. So it, it's like a training new people but also getting the experience that 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 goes along uh it's a bit of a mixture it's a bit of a mixture of of um, of personnel uh, both on on let's say just social skills also and that's where key and learning uh, plays a big role um does that answer your question a little bit yeah i think i think yes thank you um uh, Steve uh, alerts is sort of saying to what extent do you involve shippers and post-harvest institutions in developing your training material? Um, well, I've been with uh, UC Davis, uh, which is, I mean, they, they are a authority in whatever is called food and veg. Um, I've been there twice. I was supposed to, to be there uh, this year as well, but yeah, Corona kind of uh, prevent that. Um, regularly talking to uh ilke to uh, mr lukasen from from wageningen university i'm, I'm talking to him about uh, a non-disclosed commodity uh to to see how we can uh, do something with that so it is you you, you tend to keep track uh, also fruit you have to consider in a, many many moons ago i used to work for a fruit company so i learned from the experts and they cut up the open the pineapple and you see but i also have uh, a few uh, survey companies that that sometimes i talk we talk to each other so as such i think my, my education package has been changed a oh, hundred times a bit of adding here and a bit of adding there take that out because it changes a uh, drury all the drury statistics you also need to get facts and figures yeah, it's 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 a real life thing. It, it it's constantly changing, and if I really lecture, especially for clients, I mean it's it's then first of all 
I want a big resume, okay, what do you want to talk about? What is your issue? Uh, just the market or airflow or whatever it is. So, um, and as I said in my presentation, I'm lucky to be uh, able to call on many people for advice, be it leasing companies, manufacturers, whatever. Just, you know, uh, it's, it's nev never a dull day. <laughs> You always find you ever always find something that you have no answer for. Yeah, well, that's we all you know. That's why we go to work because we learn something every day, right? And I, I straight yeah. asking, what advice would you give to anybody setting up a training program? Where should they start? And you, you've you pretty much answered that by saying you have to ask them what it is that they, what it is yeah. that they actually want, and perhaps say what what. It, you know, it's difficult to people to tell you what they don't know, but you can at least ask them what problems they've got. Yeah. I mean, what what is the issues? Uh, how do you load? What is your your loading pattern? Is there something that blocks the airflow? Uh, do you know about the red load line? Do you know about the baffle plate? Do not damage the baffle plate. Is is your T bar nice and open? Uh, what are your settings? What is your product all about? So so it, there's a, there's a number of things. Uh, and and you you would you always tend to find something. Now the fruit boys, I mean, they did fruit or or is like a huge uh, meat manufacturer. They, they've been in the business for donkey's years. Yeah, they know what they're doing. But then it's more about the market and such. But let's say if you start pharma, which is often a conversion from pure air freight or trucking to containers. Well, then, it, then it's a different story. Uh, often these people who are in, in logistics, they, they, they are more equipped with air freight and road and whatever, but not with sea freight. And then uh, it's more or less taking them by the hand and showing, uh, showing them what it's all about. But you adapt to all, all the time to the audience. Yeah. OK. That's, that's great, Mark. Thank you very much indeed. Um, uh, I hope Alan will uh, allow us to continue with a few more Q&As because I sense that with the things he's going to be saying, it'll be good to have him to come in uh, as we draw things to a close um, because he's, you know, it's, um, he's very good at putting things together uh, and, and summarising. So please bear with us, uh, Alan. Uh, Radu, have you got any observations to make um, from... from from Mark's, uh, you know, evangelistic, uh, uh, very motivating presentation. Um, I'm not sure if I. I mean, I'm not. I'm not an expert per se in cool logistics. I mean, I think one Kunanagala, and I will give some big credit to Kunanagala. I'm quite close with the with the organization here in Asia Pacific and, and, and their management. I mean, I think they are leading the way when it comes to cold chain and I think they've done a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of good initiatives. Now, for me, it was interesting to, to see some of the training and education that goes into it. But I think from an overall perspective, I think all organizations and there's a lot of courses. I mean, now, whether you're talking about cold chain, whether you're talking about cool logistics, I was talking to a chief supply chain officer and their company went very aggressive on LinkedIn learning. Now, you're not going to find Reefer and Cold Chain on LinkedIn Learning, but you're going to find a lot of different other courses on LinkedIn Learning that are extremely valuable. And, well, all you need to do is invest as a company to give 100 bucks or 200 bucks or whatever the LinkedIn recruiter, uh, LinkedIn premium account uh, costs for your team, right? 
And what that company was doing is they gave the account and they would look at the course, they would upskill themselves, they would learn whether it's Lean, Six Sigma, whatever it may be, right? Operations excellence, there's quite a lot of courses supply chain related. And then they would come together as a team and share. My point to that is that this learning and, and companies, small, large, whatever it may be, right? Not everybody has the budget of Kunanagal to uh, create this online and, and internal learning uh, courses, but there's no excuse for not continuously encouraging your teams to learn. And whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's, you know, you have bigger budgets, you have other resources, you do things like Kunanagal, I think that that mindset of continuous learning coming from the management down is super important and the investment in people and making sure they do that. So I think that's, I mean, as, as a sharing on top of what Mark, uh, you know, Mark uh, is, a, is a great case study of how to do it specifically for cold chain. I, I would just encourage that most companies put in that effort because sometimes you get so much, most of us get so much stuck into the day-to-day -day firefighting, you know, whatever it may be. And we forget, yeah, but it, it, have you seen that image with the guys that have a, are pulling a tr uh, cart with square wheels and then there's one guy coming with a round wheel and says hey you, you, <laughs> you want to look at something new and say no no we're too busy so this this constant upskilling and learning that needs to come as a mindset from the management down i would say is a must to all organizations now that's now that's great um uh i think um, i think all of us here would uh, would agree with that um it, now, it, and in terms of Radu, just sort of coming back to some of the things that you were saying earlier, um, are you um, are you finding that uh, companies are more open-minded to to employing people from outside their industry sector when they're looking for new skills or, or, or looking for for tech or digital skills? I mean, is I mean, how important is is it that you get people in that are effectively disruptors because they come in they come in with the round wheel as it were um uh well is it important yes it is <laughs> is it something that most executives i i might be controversial have the courage to do no uh, you know, lip, paying lip service and saying that, yes, we will disrupt, yes, we will do that is one thing. Actually doing it is another thing. So case in point, I mean, up to now it's less fancy, but up to last year, two years ago, chief digital officer, chief transformation officer were two of the <laughs> titles and roles that I, you know, you, you look at it, it sounds very fancy. It's going to digitalize our business. It's going to transform our business. Most of them utterly failed because whilst the intent was good right okay we're going to get somebody with a new perspective maybe from a different industry you know transform yes but if the ceo if the board is not really behind that person and gives that person support the organization will fight it right i mean people don't like change we don't like change so you know it's it's a two-edged uh, you know you i mean should companies look at reinventing themselves and look at being open yes are most of them saying that they're open yes are actually most a lot of them bringing in new talent from various different other industries and angles not so much and even the ones that do bring them right there's a big big risk that it will fail because that support is not given all throughout you know all throughout the process of of coming in the organization and disrupting it right which is a pain, painful process so we've done searches where for a CIO, for example, we were tasked to get somebody from a logistics for a logistics company but the person came from gaming 
And while it wasn't necessarily that they specifically said that we, we need somebody from gaming, but they said we need somebody from a technology gamification, somebody that understands, you know, customers, understands that dynamic, because we want to totally revamp our systems to become uh, much more agile, and we need somebody from that background. And, and we managed to find the person, and it worked out, but it worked out because the CEO and the board were really aligned and they pushed through this transformation because for sure that person once he came on board the organization upset a lot of the existing structures ways of doing things changed the way of doing things and, and so on so i would say that uh we don't have this enough in logistics in transport in maritime i think we should have more maybe look at people that come from e-commerce or from you know there's obviously certain industries that are closer uh, that, that still are, I mean, e-commerce per se, right, is a huge growth, right? So understanding how that works and understanding how it can fit in is just as an example. But at the same time, getting those people is one thing and it's not necessarily easy also attracting them to, to this industry, right, sometimes. And the second thing is, yeah, if you do attract them, make sure that you also give the support because if you're just thinking you're going to get somebody, you know, you're going to pay very a lot of money for a shiny new toy, if you think that toy will solve all your problems, that's wrong because it ain't gonna happen. So, uh, you know, there's a cultural shifts and, 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 and much bigger shifts that need to happen. So, uh, I don't know if that answers your question per se, but <laughs> that's what you prompted me to say. Thank you, Radu. My, my, um, I do have a takeaway from that, which I'd like to share with the, with the audience. Um, I mean, one of the things that we do is a lot of risk and safety work. Uh, for organizations and we get involved in post-event analysis when things go wrong um, uh, with a portfolio of experts and, and a lot of companies think that by employing a risk or safety officer and bolting him onto the side of their organization will solve their problems and change their culture uh, but a, a lot of this a lot of these issues are about whether it's technical and hard skills or soft skills it's about changing the culture of an organization and the only way that you do that comes from the top and it comes from leadership uh, and without leadership i think what you're saying then you're wasting without leadership by and without them leading from the front then you're wasting your time basically okay cool all right uh let me just have um i see there's a question about trade lens um impacting the reefer supply chain from john Trenchard, I'd like to come back to that, John, if I may, because that's a little bit more technical uh, for us at the moment. Um, so I think we're pretty much, even if we've not asked them directly, as a consequence of the discussion that we've had, we've answered most of the questions that we've had through, even Rachel's, which I'm pleased. Uh, so uh, now what I'd like to do is to move on to... Um, is to move on to uh, to uh, Alan Robertson. Um, uh, Alan is um, has also been in industry uh, uh, a very long time, and I, I remember him as being one of the technical experts I turned to when I needed um, when I needed information. Um, and he provides consultancy for the container sector of the maritime industry, and he's done that since. 2006 and he's uh, you know where his last role in liner shipping was improving the profitability of the, the business uh, um, and something where a lot of companies today still need help with in terms of their yield management systems 
But without further ado, uh, Alan, I'm going to hand over to you for your your comments, and and please feel free to draw in any uh, any observations from the previous speakers. Alan, the floor is yours. Yeah. Hi. Thanks, Steve. And and uh, good morning, good day, and good evening. Um, and uh, yes, thank you, thank you for those two presentations, Mark and Radu, and they they actually have prompted me to tear up what I was I was going to say, and that's a good thing. I think, um, because uh, as always, we are we're all learning from uh, live situations. The 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 points I was going to make uh, about first of all, I'm going to talk about uh, talent and talent recruitment. Um, this is not an easy industry to recruit people to, and as Radu said just now, when you've got them here, um, is this guy or? gal going to be your big fix in other words we've, we've recruited this person who's going to be you know our leader in iot or our leader in ai and then they immediately face organizational resistance now i i can think of many many examples where, where i have faced organizational resistance and uh, organizational resistance is one of those things that distinguishes how an individual is going to work inside the company and how um, how they develop and also ultimately the process of change management organizational behavior inside the company so you know that's really that that i thought was uh quite profound um i also thought that you know mark's uh delivery of of Kuna Nagel's training plan and reaction to the, the the covid world and and let's not Kid ourselves here. We are we are living with COVID in the same way as we are living with SARS, uh, and you know, with luck we will have a vaccine, but we may not. We may actually have to live with this. So therefore, how our cool chain uh, works, how the people that we want to recruit into this highly reactive semi wartime situation, um, you know is important and therefore you know looking for uh recruitment in the first place that is people who are driven by challenge and who can therefore uh take on the challenge of okay uh both my 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 computer says no but actually this is what i'm going to do and here is why and then i'm going to inform the computer uh, sorry for using old language why I'm making this decision and therefore I am installing that decision into the computer and therefore it will learn and I think that's an important skill uh, and I think that from the work that we've been doing with organizations over the COVID period and um, we spent quite a lot of time with both shippers and shipping lines about their COVID experience and how that might look in the future and how that might inform their human behavior training. Uh, the principal question is sort of boils down to sort of two things really. One is how do we get out of where we are today? Two, can we manage the business in a different way? And three, linked to that, uh, sort of 2B if you like, is can we actually and do we actually want to support uh, people uh, in the organization feeding them with more data and actually they're at home or actually they're at a work center 
or actually they are not coming back to the office and why do we need the office in the first place so i i, I know of several organizations that are completely revisiting from stem to stern how uh, how people particularly in the cold chain are actually motivated managed and actually uh, need to be developed going forward um, and linked to that in terms of skills and training is also how you, you know in the past actually we had these nice little cozy divisions between the shipping line who brought in the reefer cargo the, the link to that is container supply or ship supply then we have you know cargo clearance and marketing about the fruit uh, veg and so on and then we have that that cargo then sold up the road to a distributor, which may or may not be part of the company. Um, what I've, what we've seen in the last six months is all of those Chinese walls, silo walls, uh, being revisited because you know so and so is no, is working from home, so and so is no longer on the quayside, uh, and therefore, uh, okay, how do we make this distribution? Uh, chain work more efficiently so there may be less links in the chain but that puts more pressure on the individuals who are managing the chain and therefore also the skill sets for people we might recruit both in terms of leadership and in terms of uh, uh, um, team members as to uh, how we're actually going to do this on a day-to-day -day basis so if you like we've done a little bit of an analysis on um, people who succeed in this situation and people who succeed less well and therefore meet no more support or more training um, in this type of environment so you know in in the pre-covid world quite a lot of the companies that we've worked for uh, worked with have got you know they've got the procedures and processes of the type of thing that that, that mark uh, outlined and what was very impressive about what Mark said is that you know he had to completely reinvent uh, his processes and procedures because ABC one two three was no longer possible or deliverable and and that I think uh, has been a big feature and and th that creates lots of uncertainty in the mindset of um, uh, people in who are in the existing team of the company but also in terms of looking at recruitment the the skill sets that we're looking for in the future um, and and it was very interesting you know to listen to Rado talking about recruiting somebody from the gaming industry and let's just understand that that is in fact an industry you know uh, and and it's an industry that evolves correct me if I'm wrong Rado but I think it evolves every 12 hours roughly speaking and and that's not something in our industry that we're used to where you we, we kind of come from an industry where people you know we buy a container this year it's got a 12-year life or, or whatever and, and and we charter a ship and so so everything feels quite longer term and and there's always this kind of disruption if you like between uh, the asset organization the asset provider and the, and the human and the digital and that what I see is that the skill sets and people that we we want to attract to to the business need probably the ability to not only look at the uh, the hard asset side of the business the digital side of the business and also the human skills uh you, you know it was mentioned about the the, the soft skills 
you know, the listening skills, the, the uh, learning and applying in order to be able to, if you like, look at the data and uh, all the digital output and the computer says no and intervene, you know, now, therefore, you need to know why am I intervening now and what gives me the knowledge and uh, to understand why I am intervening. And I think what, what, what I think was, was quite apparent from what Mark was saying is that, you know, that intervention um, comes from really accelerating the, the investment in what uh, the, the shoreside staff are doing and also what the shipside staff are doing. Because one of the things uh, that, that you know we've also spent quite a lot of time looking at is the problem of uh, uh, seafarer wellness and also seafarer training. Uh, now, classically, we've done in the past um, quite a lot of work on reefer training, uh, reefer container training for the guys on board the ship um, uh, in terms of the fact that Classically, uh, a lot of the machine manufacturers would provide a very nice owner's manual for the equipment, a bit like the owner's manual you have in your car. Now, when was the last time you looked at the owner's manual that you had in your car? Now, the car that you might buy today has a lot of that information lifetime on screen. And if you need to know something about the, what's happening inside your driving capability or your uh, communications capability and so on that is now lifetime on the screen or is in some other way communicated to your mobile phone now the the, uh, the there are still situations where the guys at sea uh, looking after the cold chain are somewhat out of the loop shall we say um, and one of the things about that I, I would see in the future here is, is a much more end-to-end -end look about how the power the, both the asset of the cold chain, so in other words, the fruit uh, gets to the container, how that container then gets moved uh, down the various handling opportunities um, that it has to go through. So the transport to the terminal, on the terminal, uh, on the terminal to the ship, on board the ship, uh, off the ship, uh, and at the discharge terminal, and ultimately to delivery. And how also that information you know, it moves from uh, the piece of fruit inside or veg inside that container and how that moves through the entire supply chain and also how the humans interact to that. So if, for me, um, COVID has actually looks ironically, although it's a huge disruptor, it looks also like something that causes us to look at how we do things differently and how we might do things differently in the future. And therefore, I feel like coming back to talents and skills, um, I think that, that means that we have an exciting opportunity uh, to kind of reach out to a whole range of people that might never have considered sort of shipping and logistics uh, ever before, simply because of the intellectual challenge uh, that, that we are creating. And also, um, let's not be honest, uh, let's be honest it's a huge amount of fun and uh so i think i think you know, ironically uh, the industry particularly on a cool logistics perspective is actually at a really really good cusp of opportunity if we can just grasp the right reality between how we want to motivate the people that we currently have 
and uh, one of the ideas that we've been exploring um, uh, is what we call a buddy partner. So when you were talking about, you know, let's say we were recruiting our, uh, relatively young member staff that may have come from gaming um, and we have let's say uh, putting myself in the frame here an older member of staff that, that has been around the block a while um, putting these two together into a buddy team uh, who can then I can then teach what I know to uh, my younger buddy partner and um, educate him or her to that a certain level but equally I can then be challenged by the Q&A that they're going to ask me well why is it like this why is it like this and then I find then you find yourself saying either a it's always been like this or B actually I can't remember or C um, okay well what's your idea and and therefore that, that kind of helps engage in terms of training and development you know the, 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 what I would like to, to say is kind of attract people into the into the business, into the industry, but providing them with some kind of support. Uh, I, I realise there are difficulties about how you manage that in practice, but but in practice, I think that uh, I have found from my own experience that that actually works, um, and I feel that there are in the kind of living with COVID world. Uh, and when I was first looking at uh, some of this work um, earlier in the year, I was thinking there was a post-COVID world. I don't believe there is a post-COVID world. I think we are living with COVID world. Um, and therefore, you know, adapting how we approach the industry to that and also how we manage our recruitment, motivation and training uh, related to that uh, is, you know, for me, it's important. Um, and I believe that there's also the scope to, you know, have that conversation in the in the boardroom um, as part of a CSR discussion, if you like. And I think that's important. You know, okay, um, what is the vision here? If you like, the vision is that we want a living with a bleak post-COVID, super super trained, super developed, super motivated uh, uh, workforce that is going to actually make money for us. That's that's the key challenge. And in order to do that, we have to bring in and involve as part of the, the entire chain, uh, literally everything from the farmer all the way through to the supermarket. Now, I know we've talked about this a lot before in Cool Logistics about relationships between growers, shippers and retailers. Um, you know, more than ever before, we need to you know, make sure that that everybody is everybody in that chain is, is super motivated and super understands the other side of the silo. So that's probably where I would like to leave it. And hopefully that might stimulate some Q&A, Steve. Alan, thank you for that. Uh, that's a really interesting uh, presentation. Um, and and, and, and uh, I'm glad you stopped when you did because you were getting to the point that the, the, the size of the issues we were bringing up were quite difficult to, to actually... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do apologise for that, but, but, but they are all interconnected. 
they 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 are now we, they are and and um now i'm just having a look um uh rachel will let me know but i can't see any any new questions that have come in and so this is from me to all uh 60 plus of you in the audience um there must be things that you've heard that you agree with and you'd like to uh um say so uh there must be things that you've heard that you may disagree with that you'd like to say so um uh so please do um this is your chance and you paid pages paid for your ticket this is where you get the return on your investment which comes from the questions that you you ask so pl please do ping them across and of course um there's no such thing as a stupid question um but you um there may be the odd stupid answer dis despite the intellect and experience that our panel has got um now um alan um your um uh comment about need to focus everybody in the supply chain and make sure they're motivated understanding great takeaway comment understanding the other side of the silo yeah it it um it says a lot um uh in the context a little bit for me if i if i may i'm a i'm a marine ambassador and i go around and talk to schools about careers in the maritime industry um and i find that 95 percent of all school children have got absolutely no idea about yeah. the maritime industry yeah. what it does and why it's so important but yeah. once i show them marine tracker on my ipad and they can see just the number of ships yeah. moving around the world at any particular moment in time the cargo that it's they're carrying and and what they've got on board they start to realize the importance that the global supply chain uh, has. Um, uh, and it, then they start to appreciate the, the role that um, uh, our seafarers have. And, and, yeah. and I think, I think 600,000 of them that are undervalued and that are still yeah. stuck on ships at the moment. So we, we, do, we do have an issue in getting the message across ab about the importance of the supply chain. Um, um, yeah, I, I think we're spectacularly bad at it. The, if, you, if you, one of the things I've done on on, on school children training is like you, you go to the supermarket, you say, right, okay, yeah, I want you to go and look at beans, uh, sweet corn, uh, uh, peppers, and read on those labels where this has come from. So you're lucky to find green beans from Kenya. Well, I know that comes by, yeah. You're going to find, uh, you know, baby corn from Thailand. You're going to find peppers from Holland, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And they have no idea. You know, they, they, they just go to the supermarket and buy it, or their parents do. Um, the fact that somebody has got a logistics operation which is highly sophisticated um, to actually deliver this um, uh, never enters their head. And once you actually then engage, okay, well, let's work backwards from that. And let's just talk about okay some of the stuff comes by air some of the stuff comes by sea if it comes by sea it comes in a container this is what a container looks like this is what actually is going on there and you can actually work much further down the the chain obviously and take them to as i have done to you know a container depot and right okay this is what a reefer container looks like this is how it works it's not exactly quite the same thing as your refrigerator at home 
um, and and you can show them videos of going back into you know back further down the line into the origin grower facility, um, and it, it does make them better informed, but not in a negative way. It makes them, I think, you know, better informed in a good way. And I, I've had several situations where you know, you know, people have come, uh, children have come back to me and said, actually, this is really exciting. I'd really love to get involved in this. But you're absolutely right, Steve, until you actually kind of dismantle it, if you like. Um, I think it's quite difficult, even even for adults, to quite grasp just exactly how, how things get here uh, until Tesco run out of Lee roll. I have, a, I have just a, to add on on that. Um, I mean, maritime is, is probably even, even less... Um, yeah, it's probably the least known, and then you have supply chain that is somewhat known, but even that as a term is not so much. And what has what I've observed that has happened in the last couple of months since we faced toilet paper shortages and whatnot, um, <laughs> finally CEOs, uh, some CEOs found out what is supply chain. <laughs> Yes. Uh, because you know, they were told, you know, our supply chain is broken, we can't deliver our product to our client. And this, what is supply chain actually? Oh, this, oh, that's supply chain. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, whether it's also, sorry, also, the other thing that certainly here in the UK people discovered is the ability to order things from Amazon. And, and uh, there's been a colossal increase in online shopping and online delivery. Right, okay. So now I'm ordering something that mysteriously somebody, you know, just, you know, drops at my front door. You know, even though I only, I only ordered it yesterday. But, but, you know, it didn't get here by magic. You know, it got here by a supply chain. It got here by some very, very clever IT. And, and uh, you know, imagine that going forward, you know, um, and how that might look in a year's time. Who would have forecast that you know if you look at the zoom transmissions i think before covid i think it, I, I can't remember but it, it's like two to three hundred thousand zoom transmissions a day and it's something like 300 million uh it, 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 it's just a colossal shift in a short space of time and i think part of inspiring people to uh, work and learn and uh, also management of companies to train their staff is you know uh, is re reimagine how this relationship works, you know, and I'll also come back to the company and tell us what you think we're doing wrong, frankly. Um, but back to the point with the storytelling that I made as the number one skill set. Oh, yes. Most um, no, no. I mean, I'm just trying to look back to where where I I started a little bit and to build upon your point that kids and students and well, pretty much people in general. I mean, when I started in headhunting, I, it wasn't necessarily, this was about 10 years ago, it wasn't necessarily that I, uh, I, I kind of stumbled across supply chain and, and, and logistics and transport and, and so on. And I kind of got fond of it the more I found out about it. But at the beginning, I didn't know myself, right? So if I am to reflect back 10 years ago. And I think the, the, fundamental, the fundamental challenge is that the industry, whether it's maritime, shipping, transport, logistics, supply chain in general, manufacturing, doesn't have or hasn't had historically enough storytelling around it to make a point to people of why and how it actually helps all our lives, right? So I remember vividly having the conversation with the CEO of a shipping company and I asked him something to the extent, well, I mean, shipping is not that exciting, is it? 
And then he told me, well, I beg to differ, Rado. I think it's super exciting. I've spent 25 years in it, right? We are enabling global trade. We are helping you get bananas from Ecuador into Singapore or Europe. We are helping you get avocados from Mexico. We are, you know, uh, helping businesses all over the world trade with one another. I think it's super exciting. Well, when he said it like that, it changed my perception, right? So here I was regurgitating a text that is not that interesting and it's not that, even if I'm, you know, uh, I, this was about five, six years ago, I, I was in the industry. So um, I think that type of attitude and storytelling and, and going with movies and, you know, making a case that it is indeed not magic that the parcel arrives at your door by Amazon or whatever it may be, Alibaba or Lazada or whatever your, you know, your local um, player is, but telling a little bit the story of how that happens, how it is important. I think I will give credit to Maersk. Maersk has done some pretty good um, storytelling in recent times and videos and campaigns and promo campaigns. So I think I'm hoping that we'll see more from you know from shipping lines and logistics players alike but i think that type of that type of um sharing is much needed to attract especially the young talent and for them to understand firstly what this industry is about how it benefits all of us and that without it it really i mean nothing would work and we would be yeah we would be in deep chaos sitting without toilet paper um thank you uh Radu. um now um, how can how can uh, events like cool logistics help deal with the sorts of issues that we've just talked about in raising the profile because we are a, an intra industry uh, uh, conference? Um, so should we be doing more? Should we have sessions for for school children? Um, um, should we uh, uh, have more sessions on looking at the complete end-to-end -end supply chain and, and look at, looking at um, some of the issues that can be addressed once we know more about the problems that, that we face? Um, I know those are rather difficult questions, so while I can see Rado processing them at the moment, so I'm hoping that Alan might be up with an answer. Um. Uh, well, my short answer is yes, um, because I think um, both um, what Radu is saying, I think what I'm saying is that, that once you start to, if you're like, like I say, dismantle the business and then reassemble it in a different way, um, you're creating something that I think is really exciting. I mean, you know, um, uh, and and I think you want to inspire, and that's picking up on a word that, that uh, Mark used um, about inspiring people. Um, and I think if you, if we need to start with people who are going to actually question and challenge. So, okay, right, we want avocados from Mexico. Well, do we? But if you want to have avocados, and everybody loves avocados, uh, then they're going to have to come from somewhere, you know. Um, and therefore, okay, let's go back down, back down the back down the delivery chain, the supply chain. And okay, well, how do they? And and therefore, you 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 start on a conversation. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, do you really want to go and be an accountant? No disrespect to my accountant who's looking in here um, and, and look at a spreadsheet. I mean, spreadsheets are, are you know, clearly part of everything we do. But it, it, it's inspiration, I think, that, that, that is very important, both in terms of not just in, in terms of attracting 
school leavers or, or motivating and, and generating how our industry has a positive PR face, uh, but also in terms of how we attract people further down the line, how we attract graduates, but also how we attract people older in life, people who've worked, if you like, in, in, in shipping and logistics for many, 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 many years, but could actually bring that knowledge in, in a, if you like, in a buddy system to uh, help train, develop, and, and, and grow the industry you know, going forward. So for me, that's quite important. Thanks, sir. Alan, Mark, would you like to make, make a comment? Well, actually, I didn't see it myself, but, but it was actually a few articles in, in, in the local newspaper. It was a bit in the center. How do things get on your for, on your doorstep? And then uh, it's kind of interesting because yeah, for us it's it's as normal as as breeding that that you, you take bananas in a certain way in a field in Ecuador. You pack it the way you should pack. You sanitize it. You pack it. You put it into a container. Uh, Twelve, uh, thirteen degrees Celsius. They arrive in Belgium, whatever. They go to a, a grower who actually then starts manipulating, starts uh, triggering the ripening of the banana. And then it was all there. And then, uh, yeah, most people have absolutely no idea that, that how this, this all comes to place. And yes, we are so much used of finding uh, grapes in our supermarkets uh, all the time. In January, Feb, they come from South Africa, and then Chile kicks in, and then we got the ones from India by uh, yeah, by by April, May, and then Egypt starts, and so on. And and we are so much used to that, but I guess the the yeah, youngsters especially have no idea how this all comes to place. And yeah, it 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 could be nice. Uh, I wouldn't mind being a speaker in a school or something to to explain them that a little bit. That's fun. Should be fun. Okay. Uh, thank you, Mark. That sounds. Uh, uh, Rachel, please make a note of that offer. Let, let's move on to Radu. I, my my immediate thought, and especially, I mean, it may be um, an interesting challenge for all of you because you know you're kind of the the whole facets of the cold chain ecosystem coming together into this great conference and, and community, right? I mean, it can be as simple or as easy if all these great speakers, companies, participants come together and then send a 10 second video, 20 second video, right? Of, you know, it can be, you know, maybe Mark, Mark, you said Antwerp, you know, from the port or, you know, there's different facets where it, it, it can, uh, I hope I remembered correctly, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Of the actual day-to-day -day work, right? And, and it's not hard to do. What I'm saying is not hard to do. You can even get a class from, a, I don't know, a logistics or supply chain or whatever students and you just uh, walk them through a port or a, you know, company's uh, warehouse or operations for one day and you let them, you know, be creative about it. There's a lot of, um, here in, in Singapore and there's other universities that actually encourage students to do projects, right, where they go hands-on and, you know, they observe things and maybe they come up with suggestions. I think this kind of PR is not, you know, one, it doesn't have to be necessarily PR. It's just stating the obvious, what, what actually the industry is doing and how it's contributing. And, and today, these things are, you know, you have TikTok, you have technology, you have videos. I mean, these youngsters can do it immediately. I think it's more a matter of the industry. What I'm perceiving, right, and I'm quite passionate about this, what I'm perceiving is that 
there's incredibly talented people in the industry, but they tend to be the kind of people that, okay, look, I get the shit done. Pardon my French, right? I will get shit done. You know, this is gonna go from point A to point B. That's my job. I'll get it done, right? I'm not here to boast. I'm not a salesperson. I'm not, you know, here to kind of uh, make a fancy presentation and and you know, <laughs> um, uh, hit my you know my chest with the brick that uh, that uh, I'm so awesome. And that I think it, it doesn't have to be boasting, but I think it needs to be telling people what it is doing. And that 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 part of edu it's almost like education, right? Uh, whether it's using youngsters, whether it's you know all these great participants coming together and doing some small videos, and what excites them about the industry, we actually thought of doing a campaign. Why do you love your job, right? For and we will do it at some point for shipping, for logistics. I think these small things that are not complicated can make a lot of difference, and I I think it should be done. It should be done because all of you on this panel, all of you that are listening, are passionate about the industry. You're doing it for 20, 25 years, not because you're hating it, but because you you like what you do. It's more a matter of how do you also express that to the youngsters, to the people maybe from another industry that you want to attract and push, uh, you know, push things forward. I think, I, th I, think, I think one of the things that makes it different is that every day is different. Every day is a challenge. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world and, and whether, which, where, where you sit in the supply chain, every day is different. Every day is a problem. We either run out of containers or we have run out of shipping space or we've um the fruit isn't ready it's not pre-cooled or you know a whole variety of, of uh, situations that, that, that can apply um and it is quite difficult to try to get the sheer variety and complexity across but also why that is what makes it exciting um, and what makes it doubly exciting is when you add on how this might change in the future with different uh, information systems you know and that's why you know the idea of somebody coming with a gaming background looking down on on kind of all the stuff that goes on in the industry you know they'll probably come up with a completely different thought process and and that could be very exciting okay uh, alan um yeah, thank you um uh the uh well, i'm getting a few questions in again now um so let me just flag one from philip estelle from jiguku marine paints and his work with the container shipping supporting seafarers that they're highlighting opportunities for live streaming training with a focus on seafarers who look at oper operational reefers on board ships and they're currently facilitating this between the reefer machinery manufacturer and live streaming providers so there's one segment of the supply chain taken care of thank you philip um and lee maybe from wireless maritime services says involving school children in cool logistics would be amazing especially in the online platform that we have at the moment they can be our problem solvers what a great idea apply their brain power to solving some of the major challenges cool logistics could use some educational content from kn to school sessions to inform children about the industry issues and challenge them to present solutions, perhaps an internship, and perhaps uh, get a sponsorship for um, uh, for that or, or um, a reward. So, some, I, think some... that be, I think that would be an amazing idea. Right. Um, so, uh, so yeah. I, I, I think that's I think that's uh, that's fantastic. I feel um, actually, uh, if I may come in on that, it yes. it, 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 it it actually should have happened this year because I was an invite on, on three major schools in, in the Antwerp area, 
uh, different ones, uh, high school level, to talk about yeah reefer business and how does a banana uh, get from one point to the other, which yeah uh, due to COVID that that was all it was actually it was it was all cancelled. But normally, let's say this year, I had three of uh, such uh, things: uh, one in Antwerp, one in Brussels, and one in Mechelen, which are uh, Belgian cities. Uh, where they have yeah, high schools or universities. Well, it, it, it was a plan. It was a plan that we had, but uh, it did not materialize. Just, yeah, maybe we should also do that over Zoom now. Why not? Yeah. Um, okay. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. And I've got a comment come through from Andrew Cowderoy, um, who'd like to offer all the panelists a chance to join his Marine Career podcast. So I've, um, uh, and Andrew has a very a very informal, gentle touch when it comes to interviewing people and getting the best out of them. And he's done some really good, good po podcast about, about about careers in the maritime industry. So, uh, Andrew, please just get in touch with Rachel. Uh, um, um, so, um, I'd like to draw the session to the close. I think we've reached a kind of high point, really, where it is a good time to stop. Um, it's been a most fascinating discussion and, and frankly I have to say as a, unusually for me as a moderator I feel quite emotional about some of the issues that we've touched on and the depths and the depths that we, we've gone to um, uh, thank you all indeed very much and thank you also for your your questions to, to, to all of you that have been following us today wherever you are in the world um, I hope you found it as some um, exciting and as interesting as I have. Um, I'm afraid, uh, Rachel and Annalise, you seem to have been given rather a long to-do list by our panellists this morning, and this is only the first session of the conference. Uh, but I think these are all things that, that we, uh, together with your help as coordinators, have a passion to get involved in, in and to help succeed at. So um, not quite your standard conference process, but certainly um, I, I think with help help from from the disruptors, we can. There's a way forward for for cool logistics to 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 part, to provide the umbrella for this all to happen. Yeah. So I think it, I think it's interest. It's an interesting point, Steve. Actually, from our point of view, and I just want to take this moment to thank everyone. Um, technology. Uh, we are event organisers. I think we're quite good at that. We're quite good at the operations. But thank you, Mark, for pointing out that that doesn't necessarily mean that we are good at the tech. Um, so apologies to Mark for the slight technical issue. We obviously need some training as well. Uh, I'll be talking to Rachel about that offline. Um, but thank you, everyone, for your patience. And sorry, Steve, I cut you off there. Um, I will let you finish off. I think there was a slight delay in the, in the, in the feed. I'll let you finish, Steve. Uh, well, um, thanks, thanks, Annalise. So, thank you all very much indeed. Uh, I, I hope that between us we can continue the dialogue offline, uh, uh, um, outside the conference process. And uh, I hope you all enjoy the break and look forward to seeing you all back again for our next session, uh, which is scheduled to start at twelve thirty, where we're looking at um, the global air air cargo outlook and um, the issues on vaccine distribution and the challenges and we've already heard about some of those from our speakers this morning so 
So uh, I hope you're able to network with each other and we look forward to seeing you back again at uh, 1230 UK. Sorry, PS. sorry, sorry, I'm so sorry. Steve, it's 1130. 1130. 1130. Focus session from Kunin Nagel on the Great Vaccine Distribution Challenge at 1130. You, you will, we will be exiting you all from this session. You will then need to rejoin the next session with exactly the same details. Um, and also I've been asked to point out by the team that if anyone is having any problems, if you look at the activity feed in your, um, on your app or indeed on the virtual platform that you're looking at, there are lots of hints and tips apparently on uh, how to problem solve. Equally contact us, uh, we are managing um lots of uh lots of messages but do please contact us info at callogisticsconference.com thank you very much everyone thank you to the whole panel and to steve and uh yeah we'll be back in 32 minutes yeah thank you steve all right thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. bye bye bye